welcome to Inside Redemption. My name is Luke Simmons. I'm one of the pastors at Redemption Church Gateway. And with me today are Kirsten Traina and Chris Amaro. Kirsten is the director of our redemption-wide foster care kinship and adoption ministry. And Chris is one of the lead pastors at Redemption West Mesa and has personally been super involved uh, with these issues related to foster care kinship and adoption. And so uh, thanks for thanks for doing this, guys. Yeah, glad to be here. Thanks yeah. for having us. Yeah. yeah. So Kirsten, how long have you been helping lead this ministry? About eight years. Um, we'd had, okay. We adopted our daughter and had her six months when I texted Tyler and asked him how I could pray for the ministry okay. that I knew was getting started. And his response is, do you want a job? <laughs> and so um, cautious on your, your texts. But yeah. yeah, so I started officially on my birthday Oh, wow. 2013. That's yeah. easy to remember. Mm -hmm. So yeah. so the ministry was already going when mm -hmm. you got involved. Um, maybe rewind the clock a little bit. And I'm sure you've kind of learned the history of how it all got started. Yeah. What was the history of that ministry here? Um, well, Arizona has a slight child welfare crisis and has for quite some time. Um, and we saw it increase in 2008 with the recession that we had. And so Redemption had connected with two other churches, Hillsong now okay. and Mission. And mm -hmm. the three pastors had gotten together and just said, hey, this is what God calls us to do. Yes, the state is in charge of this, but we need to engage with the state. How do we do this? And they um, created an organization um, that is an umbrella organization that we all partner with. Um, is and that AZ-127? AZ-127, yeah. yeah. And then it is kind of uh, an umbrella for churches to get involved. It's a tool. They mm -hmm. provide toolboxes. And so that jump started Redemption's ministry. And then I jumped in after that. So, yeah. yeah. That's awesome. How about you, Chris? When did you get involved? Well, my wife and I, Ruthie, I think we always thought we would eventually one day do foster care. And it was funny how sometimes you have your timing and it's sometime in the future, but God has his timing. <laughs> He's always and, doing that. <laughs> that's what he does, <laughs> right? The timing, and, yep. and so in, uh, was that 2016, I had just bought a car and I was like, all right, great. We can buy a smaller car. We, we all fit in it. <laughs> well, the, you know, two days later, I got a call from a family member who needed, who had just had a baby mm -hmm. and asking me, she was actually asking me to take five children. And mm -hmm. that was just impossible. So I, we had taken uh, Sydney, mm -hmm. our, 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 our daughter, who now we've adopted. Mm -hmm. And so it just kind of fell in my lap. And then uh, the net following year, 2017, we ended up taking in uh, another, another little boy. So it wasn't something we were actively seeking out. We weren't licensed. It just was like, it was God's time and like, yeah, it's, let's go. Here let's we go. do it. Yeah. yeah, I love too that you were involved from a kinship perspective and a foster care perspective and an adoption perspective. Like you have You've done it all. Yeah, such wisdom ministry. in all of them. Yeah, yeah. and reunification. And yeah. so, Kirsten, you mentioned earlier that this is an issue that's that God calls us as the church to be connected to. Chris, why is this such a key thing to the heart of God? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think. With the gospel, you see that God cares about lost people, right? Mm. God goes and finds the lost sheep, right? Or we see that God came to seek and save mm. the lost. And so God's about redemption. Mm. We're, we're, we're redemption church. God's mm. about restoration. God's about healing brokenness. This world's not the way it's supposed to be. And so so God is actively working to, to make things the way they're supposed to be. And, mm. and we're not supposed to be separated from our families, right? We're not supposed to be away from 
God. And so God is actually actively going out and, and seeking us out. And he even adopts us into his family, right? And, and so adoption is just this glorious picture mm. of the gospel and what God does for us. And, and then we get to get to be a part of, of that, you know, healing and entering into brokenness, which can even be difficult as well. Yeah. Yeah. I love that picture of adoption just from a theological perspective. Like if God only forgave us, mm -hmm. that'd be great. Yeah, um, yeah. But he doesn't just forgive us and yeah. go, hey, you stay over there. He he forgives us and he adopts us. He becomes our father, right? That's the Lord's prayer, our father in heaven. I think when you look at it too, like we were created to be relational by a relational yeah. God. Yeah. And what Satan thrives in is that separation and that isolation. Yeah. And you see that um, in just the breaking up of families and, and the beauty of God going, I will put families together and I will create them my way. And you just see how God just, even in brokenness, redeems hmm. his initial plan of connection and community. Yeah. So. Well, and it seems, I mean, I think we'd like to believe that because it's so close to the heart of God, if we get involved with this, it'll all just be smooth sailing. <laughs> and you already said just how difficult this can be. Um, share, share maybe a little bit more about that. I mean, when, especially when you're dealing with kinship, you got all these family dynamics going on, family members accusing you, people not happy that that the way things are going, you know, you, you got this tension with this child and everyone has an idea of where that child should be, right? And, uh, and then, um, yeah, so we faced a lot of accusations and, and hardships with that. Mm. And then adding another child was difficult. And and then you got two different caseworkers. Mm. You got to you get these children, then you got to go get licensed. And then a couple years later, you got to go get re-licensed, <laughs> you know? And, and having already three children, so now you go from three to five children, that, that's gonna, that yeah. stretched us big time. Yeah. And I think what it did is it, 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 by God's grace, you know, he, sometimes he takes us through these difficult things and it, it reveals us. Mm. Right, it reveals those areas where we need to grow and mature and change. We got to lean on Him, and we got to pray more. and And so there's this difficulty, and there's this beauty hand in hand, right? This yeah. suffering and the sanctification, and and the joy of adoption, and the pain of reunification, yeah. which is very difficult. Mm. It's very difficult. Yeah, so there's all the logistical stuff, like I bought the smaller car and now I need a bigger <laughs> now one. I need two of them. I got to get licensed. And then all, two the, days later. all the emotional <laughs> yeah. challenges of that. Man, that, uh, yeah, that, that all feels weightier than I think maybe folks who just want to make a difference mm -hmm. maybe have a, maybe it's harder to count the cost. Are there any other surprises that you find as you work with a lot of families? What, what ends up surprising folks? Um, I think it's all a surprise. <laughs> I just think you can yeah. prepare people. What we really try to do is um, we're really real with families because there are a lot of families that um, want to love kids and see this as a call and they want to do that. And so we really try to just be really honest and say, it's really hard. Mm. Like you're entering into brokenness and it is inextricably combined. Like, mm. um, like when you look even at the cross, you see that we only get life when Jesus dies for us. Like mm. you can't separate those. Mm. I don't get life if he doesn't die. And when you look at the brokenness and the the pain of foster care and adoption, someone loses. Mm. And so we talk a lot about that. I know that like when my daughter's birthday comes around 
and we celebrate her. I know that someone else is celebrating her from a distance, but not with her. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. there's a weight that you carry. Yeah. I think you have to, and this is one thing that's really important, is that we really push the value of every person that's involved, like a birth mom that made a bad choice. Mm. When you look at her history and you find out that she was removed as a baby from her family, mm. it's just systemic generational patterns that um, mm. that are just broken. And that's, you get to play this beautiful role of watching God step in and crush those barriers. Mm. Um, but it's still a, it's still a crushing. So, yeah. But I mean, I look at my kid and I'm like, God does beautiful things. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah. I I think about the families at Gateway Mm -hmm. that I know that are engaged in this and it, you know, we have a support group around them, but it's still just super hard. And I'm so thankful for the endurance in it. And I think that the, that willingness to enter into that suffering and to enter into the challenge and the confusion and the sloppiness and all that goes with it is just such a picture of how Christ enters in and, and pursues us. And, um, and so to hear you guys talk about how you have leaned on him through that, I mean, that must just give you incredible strength to keep going. I don't think you could do it if you didn't have it. I don't know how people mm. do this without that. Yeah. Kirsten, you've, you've talked as well about how um, this whole ministry has given you platform to be able to talk with non-Christian. Yeah. Um, could you share a little bit about that? Yeah, it's... I think that's one of the most exciting things because as Christians, we're called to it. Um, but to the world, that doesn't make a lot of sense because they know it's hard. And so my family's a very visibly adoptive family. When I go into my restaurant with my staff, they don't understand why that was the choice we would make, or they don't understand why we would get, engage in foster care and adoption because they know it's hard and they ask questions and they want to know why. And mm. you get to just say, it's because God loves people mm. and just share that gospel. And, and you can share literally, this is, this is what God did for us. And, um, you know, just it gives you just just visions of of beauty. Hmm. Um, I think we we had some things where Flagstaff needed some car seats because there's a large removal um, up in up in Flagstaff, and so flag. I mean, car seats are really expensive, hmm. and so we threw it up on an Instagram feed, and we got 17 car seats. And that doesn't wow. like our wins are hmm. you know not 900. <laughs> we got 17 car seats, which is amazing. Yeah. Um, but it was people who huh. didn't go to church. It was just people who saw a need, and so. Hmm you get to actually bring people into caring for the vulnerable from places that wouldn't. Well, and, and I love that too, because we'll say as redemption that we're better together. Yeah. And I think this is one of those ministries that yeah. that really proves that, you mm-hmm. know, there, and so I don't know if you have any favorite stories of that, yeah. Kirsten, but just the ways that you have kind of seen how this ministry is stronger because yeah. we're multiple congregations, yeah. not just one. Yeah. One of the best stories that I've seen, I'm going to throw the ball to you because your yeah. story is... It's so great. Like I can't even do it justice on how um, with Martin and Suzanne and that whole. Yeah, if you if you want to see deeper dive into it, <laughs> go watch the video. It's up on our YouTube page, I'm sure, yeah. right? Yeah. But uh, I had another family member ask, call me and ask me if they would if I would take in another child. I already had two children. So I had five children, and <laughs> we were stretched to the max. I mean, there's there's no way we taken another. Uh, child and and stay somewhat relatively healthy and sane, you know. Yeah. And so I had mentioned uh, a friend, Martin and Suzanne Gonzalez, and um, and 
it was pretty, they, they basically, my family member was pushed pretty much to the end where they were trying to get her to sign over rights because mm-hmm. the child was with another family already, but she wanted it, the, her, her baby to go with a Christian family. And so I mentioned Martin, Suzanne, and, mm-hmm. and, we, and they said, all right. You know, they had already been through a couple reunifications, which again, like I tell you, it's, it's very hard. Yeah. I mean, it's painful. It's gut-wrenching. And, and so they said, all right, well, we'll just see what God does. Mm. And I remember going to that, that court date with them. And we're just thinking like, there's no way this thing's going to happen. There's no way they're going to change placement at the point where they're like, they're trying to close this case. They're trying to hand over rights, you know, sever rights. And, and by God's grace that day, when we went in her, her normal uh, caseworker and supervisor weren't there. There was a sub-in supervisor, someone who was a little more uh, neutral in the case. And so they said, well, uh, Martin and Suzanne were there. Let's explore it. Hmm. You know, so just just to move around the pieces and to, to work things out a way for there to even be a chance to start hmm. it. Because yeah. I think if the normal caseworker or supervisor would have been there, they would have said, no way, we're not even considering that, Right. And it just opened the door to, and it really went really incredible and really fast. And I think you look at it, when you look at kids, their history and their stories are so Mm -hmm. important. And so here's this kid, you already knew Martin and Suzanne before the situation happened. And so you had a relationship. And so they're able to still engage with Mm -hmm. their little one's birth family. And Mm -hmm. it just is, you see story after story on how one redemption family will be a respite family and one will be a foster family and then someone else will be an adoptive family. And you just build these internal families that are so strong in the faith and they're all dealing with brokenness. And so they just build each other up in these really cool ways. And they're over at Redemption Tempe and we're Mm -hmm. at Redemption West Mesa. So you see this cross uh, congregational interaction happening there. And I know they even adopted another child mm-hmm. from Jason Raber, who's another pastor at, at Redemption Tempe, and yeah. ended up with two children at the same time. Yeah. And I think she's got this amazing story about, yeah. you know, mm. a prayer and, and some butterflies, seeing yeah. two butterflies. Yeah. I mean, I, could, I can't tell her story, but yeah. uh, that's why that video would be great. Yeah. yeah. Well, I just want to thank those of you who are engaged in foster mm-hmm. care, kinship, and adoption. And I want to encourage you. Um, what you're doing is important, and uh, we're so thankful that you're doing it, whether you are fostering uh, or whether you've adopted. Maybe you're someone who's helping support those who are. Maybe you're doing respite care. Maybe you're just uh, helping provide resources. But thank you for doing that. Thank you for continuing to do it. And I hope you'll keep praying. Pray for Kirsten. uh, Pray for our other congregations as we seek to just honor Jesus and display the gospel uh, through loving the vulnerable and the least of these, just like God loves us, we want to love the people God puts in our path. So thanks so much. 